Welcome to the Indisposable Podcast, produced by Upstream. I'm your host, Brooking Gatewood. And I'm your co-host, Matt Prindeville. Thanks for joining for another episode celebrating solutions to plastic pollution. Hey, what's up, Solutioneers? Welcome back to the Indisposable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Prindeville. Today, I am very excited to have Just Salad's Sandra Noonan on the show. Just Salad is a fast casual restaurant chain with a mission to make everyday health and sustainability possible. And this last January, Just Salad launched its Bring Back Bowl pilot in New York City. Customers order online or at the store, and at checkout, they can select Bring Back Bowl Pickup or Bring Back Bowl Delivery. And the customer then receives their pickup or delivery order in a signature green Just Salad reusable bowl and lid. And the emailed order receipt contains return instructions, and the customer leaves a reminder email to return the bowl at a participating location a few days later. Now, with the pandemic going, you may wonder why they would start now, but the really exciting news is that the pilot has gone very well, and they're looking to expand it. So welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you, Matt. I'm very happy to be here. So, Sandra, I learned that you've been an educator, a journalist, a marketer. You had some stints at major investment banks and now the chief sustainability officer for this funky, cool restaurant chain. So I just want to hear a little bit about your journey. And I'm curious to know if there's been a thread that's been kind of stringing all these work experiences together. Sure. I'll start with growing up as a kid in the 90s in Florida. I was very much an eco warrior. (laughs) <laughs> I <laughs> I remember this very clearly. I read a book. I was a big reader, still am. And I read this book called 100 Ways to Save the Planet. It must have been like 1992. And I'm, you know, I'm in grade school and I was totally galvanized by this book. I, I guess I'd call it life-changing in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And started a recycling program at my school. I went to the principal's office. I said, this needs to happen. I'll do the pickups. My father will drive me to the recycling center. Like it was really something in me was fired up by this book. And, you know, my, I had a love of nature. I planted a garden in the backyard. I was really, I was really invested in this whole world of, of nature and eco-activism. And then another defining point in my youth, I guess, was being bullied for talking about the rainforests at school. Wow. So, you know, I'm growing up in this somewhat conservative culture and mentioned my concern about the rainforest in class. And someone points outside and goes, what do you see out there? And this is Florida. And I said, well, I see trees. And they said, exactly, there's nothing wrong. And, you know, the teacher didn't step in. The teacher seemed to agree with the other kid and, I had no one to talk to about Mm. my concern for the planet. And so I put it aside partly to fit in, partly because there really wasn't an outlet for any of of what I wanted to do. So anyway, coming coming of age um, in college, I started getting much more interested in um, energy, peak oil and and all of um, the geopolitics around energy. So... One way into that was journalism. I spent a summer in London covering renewable energy and energy markets, really trying to understand how the energy markets worked. And so journalism came into the fore for me as a career path. Um, Went to graduate school in New York City and said, okay, I, I know I like to tell stories and write. I'm really interested in the energy markets. 
And so my career in journalism started out at Bloomberg News, um, got burned out on journalism after a couple years, constant deadlines, and found my way to uh, Morgan Stanley, the investment bank. And at Morgan Stanley, we launched something called the Institute for Sustainable Investing. And it was there that I started learning, kind of once again, going back to my roots um, and learning about the climate crisis and interviewing leading scientists and learning about sustainable investing as, a, as a, an investment approach. And so then I was kind of back on course and eventually made my way to just salad, but that's another story. So, you know, I'm curious with, with, with Morgan Stanley, you know, was this one of the first kind of sustainability initiatives that they had launched or had they been, been heavily involved in it prior to that? So Morgan Stanley had a global sustainable finance organization, um, which encompassed a variety of initiatives, ESG, uh, yeah. environmental social governance initiatives. But the launch of the Institute represented a renewed commitment to driving capital to mm -hmm. companies that demonstrated superior performance on environmental, social, and governance matters. So today they're doing, I can't take much credit for this, it's been a long time, <laughs> but they're doing really good work, research on plastic pollution. And I'm very proud of what they've done, you know, following my departure. It was Quite early in my career, but it's it's nice to see that they've put a stake in the ground there. And so the next part of your career was all about marketing. And then how did you find your way to Just Salad? So in 2019, I created a group called Zero Waste NYC. I was working as a marketer in my day job, and I, I created this community group to experiment with the notion of a zero waste lifestyle. How does one go about being a New Yorker and create no waste, no trash um, throughout one's life? That was the experiment I embarked upon <laughs> on myself, really, <laughs> and realized it was a very lonely endeavor, not to mention a really difficult one. And I said, I need, I need to meet other people who care about this. And I didn't know if there were any, but I created this group on meetup.com and suddenly people started joining and joining. We started having video conferences just to talk about zero waste living, which was tremendously exciting for me. And this became like my side hustle and, and <laughs> kind of started encroaching on my day job. And one day I was looking for a place where all of us could meet, the zero waste group could meet, have a bite to eat but it had to be zero waste. Right, right. So what do we do? We're not going to eat at a fancy restaurant. Um, and I wanted a fast casual restaurant. We could just kind of come in, have a bite, bite to eat. And I started Googling and hit upon this article about just salad that very casually mentioned a reusable bowl program. And I was, I was blown away. I had no idea this had existed. And email. So, so anyway, I had the meeting there and <laughs> obviously, and later emailed the CEO, somehow got hold of his email address and said, listen, this program has so much potential. I am a super fan. I, I am so excited about what you're doing on the zero waste front. He invites me in for a meeting. I pitch him on some ideas to expand the reusable bowl program. And a few months later, 
I was working at the company. Wow. So <laughs> that is such a great story. So, you know, okay. So we know Just Salad started this reasonable bowl program, but what what is Just Salad all about for folks that, that have never heard of the company? Just Salad is a fast casual restaurant chain founded in 2006 with the mission to make everyday health and everyday sustainability possible. Um, it operates across uh, six U.S. states, primarily on the East Coast. And with the very first store that just had opened, we had this reusable bowl program. Our founder was disgusted by the amount of single-use plastic waste in the growing health food category. So he's experimenting with salad recipes as he's getting the Just Salad concept started and said, why don't you just create a reusable bowl? And so creates the reusable bowls, opens the very first store and says, it would be great if I could just serve reusable bowls. In 2006, people were throwing them in the trash. So he said, okay, that's not going to work. But what was born was this reusable bowl program that functions alongside disposable bowls. And that's where we are today with it. So, you know, I've always thought that restaurants are missing a huge opportunity to cultivate brand loyalty and a following through setting up their own reuse systems. I know a lot of restaurants, chains, they might say, oh, we need to wait till we have infrastructure or a service or something like that. But I've always been struck. I go to this uh, market, which has the best soups in the world. They're incredible, right? And we can get soup to go or we can get, um, they have a lot of soups in their freezers, but of course it's all in disposables and it would be so easy for them to create a system like the ones you guys have created at, at Just Salad. Let's talk a little bit about the system itself and especially, so you guys were doing it um, on site and then you decided to expand it to take out and delivery. Is that, is that right? Am I getting the story right? That's right. Today there are essentially two programs that you can participate in. And by the way, this theme the underlying theme of this is that everyone has a different need or different things work for different people. So the, the core reusable bowl program that's existed for 15 years is this so-called My Bowl program. It's a blue reusable bowl and you buy it for a dollar. Every time you come back to the restaurant with it, you get a free topping with every use. And that has kept tens of thousands of pounds of waste out of landfills every year. And that's an on-premise program. You own the bowl, it's yours. That's why we call it My Bowl. But we realize the need to meet the customer at home when they're ordering. So if you're ordering digitally, we want you to be able to receive your order in a reusable bowl, bring it back, we handle washing and sanitation, and it's off your hands. Some people want the first option, some people prefer the second. It depends on your circumstances, where you are, you know, your work, home, office, ordering digitally, ordering on-premise. So we want to offer both. And the second program, the bring back program, as we call it, is what we're piloting in New York City right now. Got it. So with the My Bowl program, do they keep that bowl that they bought or is it they just hand you the old one and you guys have a stack of them back there that you take their bowl, clean it and give it to somebody else? Is that how the service works? That's right. It's a loop. You bring it back. There's a drop off bin and we handle the rest and you go on with your day. No bowl. Is there a, is there a technology or an app, is there like an application that, that tracks all this? So. So the pilot we're running runs on an honor system. So today, if you order digitally from us and at these two pilot stores and you elect to do it, you will not be charged to deposit on the bowl. 
and we'll send you a reminder to bring it back. But in the future, and what we're working on as we speak is a tech-enabled system where you would put a small deposit on the bowl. When you return it, you'll scan it in and get the deposit back. And that will launch in uh, early 2022. So that's what we're working on. Cool. Hey, listeners. Upstream and Closed Loop Partners are launching the first ever virtual awards show for the reuse movement this coming fall called The Reusies. This inaugural event celebrates the pioneers and game-changing heroes who are working to advance systemic change and solutions to create a world where we can get what we want and need without all the waste. Nominations for four award categories are being accepted now through July 11th. Are you a business providing a reuse solution in the U.S. to help advance a waste-free world? Is your favorite business a trailblazer in creating reuse products that minimize waste? Are you an organization helping to advance reuse solutions in your community? Are you or someone you know an inspiring activist for waste-free living? If your answer is yes to any one of these questions, then submit your nominations now, before July 11th, by visiting www.thereusees.org. That's R-E-U-S-I-E-S dot org. Thanks. So with the MyBowl program, which has been running for a lot longer than the takeout and delivery program, what percentage of your customers participate? Roughly 20% across our operation. Um, That's pretty good. It is. And the reason I say roughly is because um, we have not always tracked faithfully at every transaction. You know, in the early days of just South, we're growing, 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 yeah. um, running the bull program, but tracking and, and data and analytics were not the primary consideration at the time. Later on, we layered in a POS tracking system where we know at every transaction, whether that occurred with a disposable container or a reusable container. Mm-hmm. So now I can say with more confidence what the the percentage is, but for a time we've had to, for previously we've had to estimate it. So today I'd say cumul- cumulatively, it's roughly 20% of our customers. And what's been the response from those 20%? Do you guys feel like this is a, a major source of, of brand loyalty? There's other fast casual salad chains out there, right, that aren't, aren't doing this. So what does that 20% say to you guys about the program? So every customer is different and different customers have different motivations for using the reusable bowl. Many of them are attracted to the value. We do offer that free topping. And for oh, wow. some people, yeah. that means a lot. You get free avocado, you get free nuts, whatever you want on your, your salad, um, we'll give you an extra topping. So you have value motivated customers for whom um, reducing waste is not the primary consideration. Mm. And you know what? We're okay with that because the waste elimination is still happening. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Then there are other customers where uh, waste elimination is the primary consideration. Regardless, it is really thrilling to see a customer walk in with the bowl that is clearly from many years ago. How do we know that? Because of color. Right. It used to be that we would have these bowls in many colors. We're, we're scaling that back a bit. Um, but you see a, you know, a red bull, we haven't had a, we haven't done a red bull in years. 
you know that customers have that goal for a really long time and they're a loyal customer and that's really great. So with the with the Bring Back Bowl, you're currently piloting it at two locations and you know what's been the response from your customers there and what kind of percentage are you getting as far as people ordering online, seeing this new option and deciding to do it? So with this pilot, you know, there's no messaging or incentive to participate. It's very much in beta mode. We're seeing around 10% of store customers at these two stores opting into the program. Wow. And the reaction, we interview, we interview customers periodically about the pilot and ask them what their impression of the program is. And the responses go along the lines of, it's not that hard to do something good for the environment. You know, I'm almost quoting verbatim. It's not that difficult. Um, I'm going to go back to your store anyway. And that's wonderful to see. Um, you know, some people have said things like, we're just doing what we can to reduce our waste these days. So for some people, it's just not a big deal to go the reuse route, which is, which is interesting and very encouraging. What's what's the return rate been for for the containers going out? Above ninety five percent. No way, above ninety five percent. Yes, we track um, the return rate daily, and it seems like a couple things are at play here. We send a reminder email to return your bowl, and secondly, we are working with a customer who is loyal to Just Salad. They're already on orderjustsalad.com. They're not ordering from Uber Eats. They're ordering from orderjustsalad.com. They are a frequent customer. They're going to go to Just Salad anyway. And so I think those two factors are at work, but we do not have a problem with returns, which is great. That's incredible. I mean, there's no penalty and you're literally just, you know, sending an email and, and trusting your customers and you guys have a 95% return rate. You know, I have to say that when we, we talk to some of the other companies that are out there, including some of the bigger food service management companies that are, you know, nervous about trying out reuse programs, product loss is one of the biggest things that always comes up. And, um, you know, there's, of course, these kind of bad case stories from college campuses where they might have tried a, uh, a reusable takeout container program. And of course, the college kids just don't care. And they, they, they've got, you know, 15 or 20 of them stacked up in the closet uh, in the dorm room. But um, in this case, you just roll this out, you're rolling it out during COVID and people are being careful about what they're doing and where they're going anyway. And you're getting a 95% return rate. That's amazing. I, yes, but you know, I, I think it's worth stressing. This is a self-selecting, got it. so to speak, audience, right? Yep. Yep. Again, we're not doing anything to reward these customers extra. They're doing it because they want to, yeah. which means that they're going to, they're going to fulfill the, their obligation right. to, to return um, because of the, the the customer profile, because of who they they are in the first place, they're an eco minded customer. If we were offering an incentive, I think we'd get a higher participation rate, but then we might struggle a little more with the return. So yeah, well let's let's talk about your plans for it. I mean, so you got twenty percent of the customers doing the kind of in store my bowl program, and then you've got ten percent in these two stores that are doing the, the bring back bowl for the takeout and delivery and online ordering. What's it going to take to get, you know, that participation up to 70, 80, 90% and, and also 
with the fact that you guys have had success with this Bring Back Bowl program, even during COVID, what are your plans for expanding it? I think, um, so just how it is growing, our geographic footprint is growing. And so we will continue to emphasize reuse as we grow. One of the things we do at Grand Openings is we have a table out front and we're starting to do a program where we register bowls. So at a grand opening, you know, we'll have people come up and we'll say, this is our reusable bowl program, register your bowl, and we'll email you special awards and incentives. And so it's very important to um, continue getting new entrants into the program. And I think the tailwinds are there in, in terms of um, public awareness of the single use waste problem, which was not the case a few years ago. So we have these cultural tailwinds, um, which is going to help. And finally, I think it's a cocktail of other forces that have to be at play. Policy, the idea that reuse is cool, that single use is as taboo one day as smoking. Um, I think that all of those developments will happen over time. And that will serve as a tailwind to increase participation in our program. I love love that you use the smoking analogy. That's one that that's one that I use all the time. I, I you know, when I was in elementary school art class, we made ashtrays. You know, which is so <laughs> crazy now to think about that, right? For sure. I think we were starting to get into into your your plans for it. I mean, are, are is this something that you're thinking about, like with the Bring Back Bowl program? Is this something you eventually want to expand to all all your locations? Are you guys at that at that point where you can make that decision? Yes, we want to. Before we do a full rollout, we want to integrate the technology of scanning in. Um, Technology will allow us to do this at scale. So I think a deposit system, scanning in the bowl are important before we roll this out to 40 plus stores. Um, so that is the next step. Cool. So is this something that other restaurants should pursue? And, and you know, what would you want them to know uh, that you didn't know at the beginning of all this? Yes, restaurants should pursue this. Um, and what I would say is, emphasize commitment to reuse. What we don't want to see is a customer who buys a reusable bowl because they get a free topping one day, never come back and that reusable bowl ends up in a recycling bin or a trash bin after mm -hmm. one use. Right, right. I think that if I could do it from day one in 2006, we would be more rigorous about encouraging multiple, multiple uses of the bowl. Most customers do that, but I shy away from free giveaways or um, anything that gives the customer the idea that using a reusable bowl one time and not really committing is, is doing any good. I'd rather you just buy a disposable that day because they're fewer resources went into making that right. on a one-time basis. So I know that's a new uh, kind of a subtle point, but I think that we do have to, as reuse, as reusable products proliferate, we have to scale the message that reusable products are meant to be used hundreds of times, not a couple times. They're right. not a trendy thing to buy and then throw away a few days later. Right, right. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that whole message about systems, right? I mean, you, you you mentioned when you started up the zero waste NYC that you were trying to figure out how to live a zero waste lifestyle and <laughs> quickly found out how hard that is. And a big part of that is because we don't have the right systems in place, right? And so, you know, eventually, and uh, you may not be able to answer this, would would you rather be doing, you know, a reuse system with others as part of a citywide system? Or do you think that maybe it's better to go it alone and have more control over your own visions and your costs, et cetera? It's a great question. I'm not sure they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, we are a partner to Deliver Zero, uh, the zero waste version of Grubhub. Yep. And we are a partner to them knowing that we're also operating our own proprietary reusable bull program. Um, different things work for different people. So I think you need um, I think you need to try more than one solution at a time. Yeah, yeah. I know Deliver Zero is uh, expanding in New York City. We just had those guys on a on a live stream not that long ago, and um, you know, are, are you seeing more interest from your friends in the restaurant industry? You know, not just in New York but around the country in this. I don't know. Um, you know, I think we we are in touch with the major actors who um, the big restaurant brands who are leading the way on reuse, whether that's cups or other foodware. I think it's still a minority movement. We've approached other restaurants about participating in a restaurant-wide scheme for various reasons that hasn't come to fruition, but um, we're open to those conversations still. I think that the reason our own proprietary system works so well is because customers trust it. They have developed 15 years worth of rapport with our brand and see it in action. So. I think we'll continue to run our own scheme, but very much welcome this entrance to the ecosystem. And we know we can't do this alone, so we have to scale it um, with other brands. And you mentioned, you know, and this is, you know, getting to what what we need to do as a society to 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 create the conditions for the majority of your customers uh, to to want to choose reuse. But you know, what do, what do you think that we need to do to get there? Yeah. Again, I think it's a cocktail of solutions, but on the policy front, what Salad is trying to do is bring in policymakers, uh, Congress people, um, representatives from Congress to come into our stores and see a demo of the bull program. Um, and we're inviting co-sponsors of the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act to come in and observe how it works, because we believe that people need to see these programs in action and understand that they're, they are operable and scalable. If you have to imagine that and you have no reference point, it's pretty tough. Um, so we're advocating for policy and we're inviting people into the store to see it. I also think that at the consumer level, there needs to be even more awareness that while recycling is essential, an essential part of our waste management infrastructure, we have been misled to believe or we have let ourselves believe, I think it's a mixture of those two things, that everything is recyclable. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I think that there needs to be more awareness on that front. And I think it's happening. And then I think on the policy front, we need movement. Love that. So um, just a couple of fun questions here. In one sentence, what does the circular economy mean to you? It's both modern and historical. 
I think it's the way of the future, yet it's the way things were meant to be. Oh, I love that answer. That's so great. What's uh, What about TV? What's your favorite TV show you've watched in the last three months? And what does that say about you? I'm so sorry. I don't watch much TV. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, uh, I, I do read a ton, a stack of books. All right. Well, what favorite book? What's the favorite book you've read in the last three months? So this doesn't make me seem uh, any less geeky, but I just finished The Waste-Free World by Ron Gonan. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm reading that right now. Really? <laughs> I am literally reading that right now. I was just I was just emailing with Ron at 10 p.m. last night about his book. That's funny. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we're going to get him on the show here once I've had a chance to, to finish the book. But um, I, I, I loved that analysis that he did, uh, or especially early on in the book, which is where I am about how this throwaway economy came to be. Yeah, all the, the, the planned obsolescence. So this is all stuff that I'd read in other places before. But Ron does a really nice job of like, pulling it together into a nice tight narrative. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Tell our listeners one thing that you're really excited about for, for this summer. Uh, you know, I'm really excited to walk back to the farmer's market, drop off my compost, mm-hmm. go to the stalls. It's something I haven't done uh, routinely since the start of the pandemic. That's going to be really nice. I'll bet. Back. I'll bet. And so what's also, what's one of the top things that our listeners can do to help accelerate the reuse revolution that we've been talking about today and that you, you guys as a company are so excited about? Go beyond your reusable water bottle. Go beyond it. That's normal now. Go to the next frontier for yourself, whether that's a reusable bowl from just salad or something else, but embrace that next, that next reusable item and then show that behavior in public. Don't, don't keep it a secret. That's need to normalize it. Uh, I, lo- I love that. Cool. Well, where can our listeners learn more about you and, and what you guys are up to and, and how can they participate in, in, in these, uh, these programs that Just Salad is running? Sure. So if you're super interested in the pilot specifically that we discussed, um, order justsalad.com. And if you want to order under those two pilots, there are two stores. One is 2056 Broadway. That's the address. The other one is 603rd Avenue. To learn about Just Salad, it's justsalad.com. If you want to connect with me, I'm most active on LinkedIn. And yeah, I think think those are the main touch points. And we are actually doing a, a case story with Just Salad on the Bring Back Bowl program. It's going to be available on our website at upstreamsolutions.org. You guys should definitely check it out. And I also think that you know, for restaurants, that uh, restaurant owners and operators that are that are listening in, it'd be great for you guys to connect with Sandra and with the Just Salad folks and learn from what they're up to, and try out a reusable bowl program or to-go container program at, at, at your restaurant or at your restaurant chain. That would be really amazing. Well, Sandra, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of you and your organization, the company, um, and what you guys are doing. And just been a super fun to talk with you today. Likewise. Thank you. And that's our show. If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word. Subscribe to the Indisposable podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Add a review, talk us up. Nobody spreads a message like you. The Indisposable podcast is brought to you by Upstream, sparking innovative solutions to plastic pollution, envisioning a world without it, and empowering businesses, communities, and individuals to imagine and co-create this future with us. 
You can find resources mentioned on today's episode as well as learn more about Upstream's work at www.upstreamsolutions.org. Follow us on social and join the movement. There's a better way than throwaway.